To avoid feigning, keep repeating. It's only a podcast. Only a podcast. Only a podcast. Well, howdy, y'all. This is The Los Man, and this is another episode of the Midnight Manor podcast. And as always, I have my illustrious, amazing, and truly spectacular podcast partner, partner in crime, no doubt. That would be Lady Winters, of course. How are you doing, Lady Winters? Doing good. Howdy, howdy, everyone. Absolutely. It's been a colorful week of um, craziness, but you know what? We're going to take a little bit of time to enjoy ourselves, to relax, and to talk about fun movies, great movies, and movies that speak to your heart. Or maybe your scalp, like Maniac. <laughs> now, Maniac is a movie that was released in 1980, and it features Joe Spinell. And it was featured on Joe Bob Briggs' Last Drive-In the other night. Now, like the previous week's movie, Bloodsucking Freaks, it's a controversial movie. But it's also a movie worth checking out. And it was something that I was surprised to see because I hadn't seen the movie in quite some time. Now, Lady Winters, let me ask you, what were your thoughts on Maniac? Well, you know, there's certain movies I find humor in. You know that about me. And I find them in the most, sometimes in the most inappropriate movies. Because I'm one that, you know, I really like dark horror comedy. And sometimes some of these scenes and movies like Maniac, the actor will have, you know, a scene that is just far out. And it's just funny, you know. And there's lots of scenes in this movie that kind of, you know, I found humorous. Yeah, this is definitely one of those movies that really gets to you. For most people, it will offend or it'll upset. But there are moments that when you get past that, that are actually pretty, yeah, like you said, darkly humorous. You know, you've got this guy who's this, you know, creepy, weird guy. And, you know, at the beginning, you see him with a prostitute. And, of course, you know, he picks her up and, you know, he's sleazy looking. They get together. They're going to have sex or do whatever. And what, what was it around the world? What was the. Um... Oh, yes. They were negotiating. It's like $20 for this, you know, $40 for this, you know. And basically, I, I liked how she said that you could you could do anything you want. And then for $20 more, we'll go all around the world. Um <laughs> What exactly <laughs> are you holding back from if you're needing another $20 from you can do anything you want? I mean, <laughs> I mean, New York must have been a colorful time back then. <laughs> well, don't forget she was doing that because she needed a little bit more money to pay the rest of her rent for that month. Oh, yeah, that's right. She had to uh, pay her rent as she was talking to her friend. Yeah. Yeah, I got to pay my rent. You know, the rent's due. And, you know, crazy, you know, sleazy guy comes up. Hey, he's got money. You know, they go in. And, of course, the... um you know, it's like a sleazy hotel type place, you know, what they call them like, um, you know, those, those, uh, you pay by the hour type places. Yeah. The no kind that you'll get some bed bugs biting you and, and scabies rolling around all on the mattress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Yes. They are no tell motels. That's the term. <laughs> That's a good yeah. one. Absolutely. It's, that is definitely one of those places where, you know, if you don't check out by morning, it's because you're a corpse. That's for sure. <laughs> But yeah, so he takes her upstairs and they're going to get ready to do it. But then when the moment comes, out comes the knife. And there's that, no, don't kill me. Don't kill me. You know, they don't. And of course, it's one of those situations where he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to keep you so you don't ever have to go away. So goes the mind of Frank Zito, the 
individual who's the main character in Maniac. A total maniac, that's for sure. I don't know, Lady Winters, a guy like that, how could you turn down someone like that? Very easily. Are you kidding me? Very easily. And I wouldn't even have to be in the park taking pictures, you know, like somewhere to walk like that, walking up to me. Um, no, I feel a whole bunch of red flags. Uh, no, no, no. Uh-uh. See, and that's what was unique about this movie. The char- the actor who plays him, Joe Spinell, you know, from what we understand, Joe Bob described him as this amazing guy, great guy. And I'm sure to his friends, he was. He was this great actor, producer, director. But man, did he know how to play a sleaze. I mean, you see this guy and you think, um, yeah, we need to get away from him. You know, and <laughs> you, you, I mean, just that scene when he's in the park and he's with the kid. I mean, I mean you're like, creeper alert, creeper alert. You know, and, and you yet, thought the same thing that I did when you're like, please don't hurt the kid. Exactly. They made they made you believe that, you know, he was he was capable of doing that. And then all of a sudden they switched it up on you really quick. Exactly. And they 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 take it to um, the photographer, Anna, who's played by uh, Carolyn Monroe. And, you know, she's taking the photos and she's like, oh, what a fascinating subject. I'm like, "Uh, lady, you're in New York. There's like millions of guys out there, probably way more interesting than this creep. But (laughs) hey, you know what? That's that's her own choice. So as the movie progressed, you know, he. Basically, his thing is that he has some kind of mother fixation or he's got some kind of complex because when you go back to his home, he has mannequins everywhere. He cuts the scalps off of women, puts them on there and pretends that they're women because, I mean, apparently this is the only way this guy knows how to get a date to go home with him. And then I don't know about you, but he's got that shrine to his mother, you know, like the picture and and everything there, you know, dedicated to his mom. And of course, he, he talks about how great his mom was. And of course, you have one of the most creepiest moments of the movie where he tells the lady during a date, how do you go? He says, oh, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen since my mom. How would that make you feel, Lady Winters? Well, you know, I would just keep my cool. And I would be like, what did he just say? I'd be asking myself, like, um, yeah, you know, excuse me. I would probably get the hell out of Dodge. You know, I mean, there, it's okay to love your mom and it's okay to think that she's precious. But when you tell that to a partner or, you know, future partner that you're attracted to and you drop some kind of line like that, that says a whole bunch of different dark, weird stuff to me. Yeah, it definitely says mama's boy at best and at worst, uh, Norman uh, Bates. I mean, Norman Bates. Yeah. That is some creepiness. Mother. I know, right? Mother. Mm-hmm. See, and what was unique about his character is that he, like Norman Bates, has a vision of his mother being this perfect, beautiful, amazing person. And yet you learn that, no, the mom wasn't, you know. Granted, they, they only show, like, like was it flashbacks of their past? And it's obviously a kid who was abused or in a bad situation. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't understand what his psych. What you know, what his psyche was, other than the fact that he was very angry, he missed his mom, of course. But and then what did he do? He sought out women and did yucky things to them, which you know, which basically sums up the movie. I mean, it's basically a guy going around scalping women, you know, so that he can make creepy mannequins to parade in his home, which was just crazy. I don't know about you, uh, Lady Winters, but that's definitely not the kind of person that uh, I'd want to either model myself after or any woman wants to pursue. That's for sure. But what about that scene where he's there with those Jackie O. Kennedy, like sunglasses, they're big and black and they're huge. And he's brushing that, that scalp, you know, that pink hair that really was blood, like almost like it's a wig on a mannequin, like playing beauty shop. <laughs> 
See, and that's the weird moments about this film that make it unique, though, because you're seeing obviously a crazy man, but he's very tender with these with these mannequins. They're like, like, oh, I could be a hairdresser in another life. Look how beautiful this hair is, and oh, sweetheart, you must keep the blood out of there, you know. But that's okay because we're gonna comb through it. It'll be just fine. See, and that's what's what was unique about this movie because I know when it came out and I watched it over twenty years ago, it was creepy, it was bizarre, it was controversial. Now, when you watch it, it just seems a little, you know, quirky and weird. I mean, you sit there, you watch, you laugh, you think it's strange because we have had so much worse come out ever since. And what does that say about the um, the nature of films when a movie that 20 years ago was on a video nasty list is now suddenly treated like it's no big deal? I mean, that certainly says something about the movie. Now, what I did find unique in the movie was when he went to the graveyard. I mean, what did you think about that moment in the graveyard there, Lady Winters? You know that's my favorite part. You know that all that crazy stuff happening in the cemetery where, you know, she fights back. And then by her fighting back, it just trips him out and it takes him to a whole nother place because he can't believe a woman fought back. Yeah, basically every attempt that the women beforehand tried to fight back were they weren't able to do anything other than just get him excited. Yet, you know, when he encounters Anna, not only does she fight back, she's able to get the upper hand on him and she's able to get away from him. And it somehow breaks his concentrate, his, his edge. It definitely puts, pushes him over so that when he goes back to his uh, home, all of a sudden the mannequins who he considered beautiful works of art are now suddenly critical of him, which I thought was fascinating. But I mean, the best thing is where like he sees like his mother come out of the grave, you know, and then all of a sudden he's screaming her name in the cemetery. And then you're watching and it's like, okay, what is going on? You know, you're kind of confused there for a minute. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, the movie's not supernatural, but definitely that moment just made you think, God, this guy's crazy. I mean, he's really out of his mind. And if anything, it really goes to show just how over the edge the man was. I mean, he truly... I mean, he had a vision of his mother, and at this moment, you know, when that when she started choking him, it was almost like, you dirty little bastard, you know? So it was like a reminder, oh, she's not the wonderful woman you think that you, you remember her. No, she's a horrible woman. And, and maybe it was Anna fighting back that triggered that memory of him, that, that idea that she wasn't this perfect woman. No, you're forgetting the fact that she also locked you in the closet. She probably beat you or, or treated you horribly. I mean, they didn't really go much further, but obviously there was a relationship that was kind of messed up between him and his mother. And of course, you know, when the movie comes to its conclusion, you know, he goes home and these, I guess it's left in your left up to you to determine what happened to him. He obviously commits suicide, but was it him driving the knife into his stomach or was it those mannequins coming to life to get their final revenge? And that's the beauty of this movie, how it kind of left it hanging. Which one is it? Yeah, exactly. See, and that's what I liked about it too, is that, you know, obviously supernatural, non-supernatural, hey, the guy kind of got what was coming to him. But it was unique, and it was an interesting way to finish up the movie, given you know that the man was obviously troubled. Now, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and switch over to the other movie we discussed. It is a remake of the same movie, but with um, Elijah Wood. Now, this movie came out in 2012 and was directed by Alexander Aja, who is um, known for uh, quite a number of other movies out there. Now, same plot, general premise, but different. What was your impression of Elijah Wood's version of of Maniac, uh, Lady Winters? 
Well, I like how they kind of went with an actor who was a woman would probably find more attractive and could easily fall into being prey to a person like this. Yes, you know. definitely. Yeah, I mean, Elijah Wood is a well-known actor. You know, he was in the um, Lord of the Ring movies. He was in The Good Son. And he's somebody who people like. I mean, he's a good guy. He's a likable guy. And I think in a movie like this, this is the kind of casting you want. You want to put someone who seems innocent and shy and somewhat good-looking because it makes the character a little more believable, especially given that his character is obviously someone who has a lot of problems and a woman might find that endearing. Oh, he's a sweetheart. He's he's a shy man, you know, just like the first woman he 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 hooks up with, the uh, the online girl. I mean, she's obviously somebody who enjoys going after shy guys. I mean, that that was an interesting moment, that's for sure. But wait, you missed it. Remember in the movie, that wasn't the first woman that he kind of hooked up with. His first prey, he was out praying in the night, you know. And oh, then he sees right. this woman walking and he kind of like, he knows where she lives. And oh, I mean, the opening right. scene was just like, plow, right in your face because he, you know, follows her up into the apartment and the lights are out. And you're like, okay, does she know? Does she know that he's following her? And then she gets to the room. And then when she turns around before, he's like, don't scream. And before she could even get it out, wham. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Because obviously she was someone that he had been observing for quite some time. Stalking he, her. Exactly. He was stalking her. And of course, when that guy starts harassing her, he's all like, yeah, leave her alone. Leave her alone. You know, it's like he's gotten to know her. He's familiar with her routine and working his way up so he can approach her because he knows that this is someone I want in my, you know, in, in my collection, I guess is one way to put it. So when he does finally encounter her, oh my, you know, and then of course they repeat that same um, quote more or less where she's like, don't kill me, don't kill me. And of course, same thing, you know, he's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to keep you so you won't ever go away again. So in his mind, these women are not people, they're possessions that he wants to own. And, and that's where, exactly, tre- that's, in, you know, that's even better, treasures. He sees them as treasures to add to his collection because he's like Frank Zito in the first movie. He has mannequins. He collects them because he's trying to build a more beautiful woman or do something along those lines. But he's deeply troubled. And and what I like about this man, Maniac, is that they go into a much more in-depth story of his background You know, through flashbacks. You see who his mother was. And why she was not necessarily the best of mothers, but going back to the uh, the date that he has with the uh, with the online woman, and of course he goes out with her, and you know they have a interesting date. It's a little awkward, but you could tell he he likes her. She likes him. She invites him back to her place, and obviously this woman does enjoy courting this kind of guy because you know within two minutes she's got her clothes off, she's ready to you know to seduce him, and. She, she, I mean, oh my God, she's got a mirror on her ceiling. What does that say to you? <laughs> I mean, that definitely says, hey, this girl likes to party. That's for sure. And of course, he uh, pulls out a knife and um, yeah, not quite. But and, and that's what I thought was interesting. That actress who played her, her name was Megan Duffy. And I mean, she's a wonderful actress. I've seen her in a few other movies. What was unique about that is that that particular role sums up exactly what it is about his character. He finds this beautiful woman and he wants to add her to the collection. So what does he do? He cuts her hair or scalp and brings her back to his collection. Now, 
what what was it about this particular version that you think may have improved upon the original uh, Lady Winters? Well, I mean, what I it's just the little things with me. I mean, this is more of a cleaner film. What I mean by that, it was uh, well produced, you know, and directed very well. And I like, you know, the um, the music that was all throughout the movie. But it, like I said, it's the little things that I find humor in. For example, when he's sitting up in his um, apartment above, you know, the shop where the mannequins, where he collects his mannequins and there's flies because of the blood from the scalp. And he's just, you know, just laying there and spraying them with raid, you know, yeah. like what? Like, yeah. okay. You know, so to remind me to do that when I'm laying around with my mannequins and those um, killer hornets start flying in the house, I'll just spray them out with the raid with all the scalps yeah. around me. Yeah. Or you know what? You can collect some uh, dead long legs. Apparently I hear that they enjoy taking those little buggers out. That's for sure. But yeah, <laughs> but it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting to see because, you know, he, he prized his mannequins, but it didn't occur to him to do a little cleanup work, you know, you know, Hey, you know, the blood and guts are going to smell the place up, but you did see what was unique about this character. And I think they went into more depth is when he meets the, the movie, this movie's version of Anna, who's a photographer, you know, she takes pictures of the mannequins and she sees what he does for a living. He's um, he restores mannequins, you know, brings them back to life and collects them. And you can tell there's a real passion about his work. I mean, he is an artist and he does enjoy what he does which goes into the whole, you know, story that he tells her about his family. Oh, my family owned this business. And, you know, of course it's named for his mother. So you get this idea that, oh, your mother must have been a wonderful woman and, and so beautiful. And look at these wonderful mannequins. And yet the reality that you're shown is, is quite the opposite. I mean, I mean, what did you think of his mother? Well, I mean, she, she was a, a woman who was a woman of the night and, apparently had some drug addictions and that's not a good combination when you're trying to raise a kid, you know, but at the same time, you know, I can't, I can't sit there and kick some woman who's trying to survive on the streets, but I'm not saying it's okay to live that way. But the thing is, is that it it just, this, this movie just, you know, puts it in your face that sometimes we have to, or some people believe lies of the people that are supposed to love them in life just so they can cope and say, Oh, well, they love me when they actually were just dysfunctional people. That's what I kind of, you know, took away from watching Maniac. Yeah, exactly. Because you, you figure that I, I gather that the business was the grandparents put it together and they named it for their daughter. And she probably wasn't one who was into the business. So she enjoyed the partying, the lifestyle. And then obviously having a kid didn't help. And what, what said what really what really spoke volumes was how she would just drag him along and make him sit there you know while she hooked up with guys and it really yeah it really affected his psyche so now grown up he 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 wants to picture his mother as this beautiful loving woman when the reality isn't the case and when he meets anna like the first movie you know she's sympathetic to him she warms up to him and it's like whatever demons are in him are put in check by by him, you know, by, by, by the association with her. But of course his bad habits and techniques come out and, and remember the, the, the big show that they have, you know, it's, Oh, it's a great success and everything's good. But the people around her see him and they think, well, who are you? What are you doing here? There's something wrong with this guy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Bad vibes. Exactly. They get the bad vibes. First it's the, um, I believe it's the, the roommate or, or sorry, the, the neighbor, 
And then, of course, her boyfriend, who is, you know, kind of a jerk himself. And oh, he's agent, an idiot, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, he's definitely an idiot. But the big moment, of course, is when he has the confrontation with her when he goes out to her. He murders the agent, and then he goes to her knowing full well that, hey, I'm going to come to you, I'm going to comfort you, and I'm going to be able to enjoy a moment with you. No, he makes the fatal mistake of revealing too much about the story which or, or about what had happened which shows that he knows more than what's going on. And that's where the, the, the movie gets dark and, and, and scarier, you know, because at that moment you thought, oh, he'll be okay. He won't hurt her. Well, not so much. I mean, what did you think? Well, I just wanted to kind of tell you the highlights of the movie that why I think it was a better movie. Oh, um, sure. Go ahead. It, it's kind of told from like a, a first person point of view. Okay. Like from through the killer's eyes. Yes. And also um, kind of the things that kind of uh, pissed me off towards Anna was he, she kind of just misled him the whole time. They're there watching a movie together. And then all of a sudden, you know, after the movie, she's like, Oh, I have a boyfriend. Hello. Come again. What? Then what were we spending all this time together? And, you know, her stupid decisions by, you know, hooking up with this guy who's obviously emotionally vacant and probably verbally abusive, you know, just so many dynamics going on in this movie. I just really think that the parts were just scripted well, you know, just written very well. And yeah, like, for example, like when, how the way in the first movie, there's a certain, you know, like the final girl survives and then it just ends. And then this one kind of, you know, well, she goes airborne when she's trying to run from him and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. They definitely changed that up big time. Now what I did enjoy about this movie as well was everything is told, like you said, everything's told from his perspective. So it's as if you're seeing through his eyes. And the only time you ever see him is when he's looking at a mirror. You know, he'll see himself or he'll see the photographs that she takes of him. So you get that that first person perspective completely through the movie, which I thought was great. I loved that aspect of the movie mm-hmm. because you're looking through his eyes, which is great. Now, this Anna, of course, you know, she liked him. But yes, you, you're right. She misled him, you know, she, you know, he thought that, oh, you know, she must be single and she's sweet and wonderful. But then when she mentions the boyfriend, you're like, wait a minute, why are we hanging out? And then, of course, the boyfriend kind of suggests that, oh, you must be Anna's gay friend. Yes. You know? And that right there probably said it like, oh, no wonder she felt so comfortable with you because she thought you were, oh, you're an artist. So you have to be gay. Right. So and that kind of probably threw him a bit like what? I'm not gay. What makes you think I'm gay? Which made him want to get get back at other people. You know, how dare you say that about me? You know, and it put him, you know, kind of like, I guess, like, he doesn't want people to get close to him, but he certainly doesn't want people making things up about him. Well, at least he finally got Anna at the end with the proposal. You know what? Let's talk about that scene. (laughs) Let's talk about that scene. One of the things in the movie that is a big deal was when she was taking photos of a mannequin in in a wedding dress. And it was that wedding dress that kind of sets the rest of the mood for the story, you know, because he has this vision of her, like, oh, you're the beautiful woman and won't this dress look beautiful on you? So you get to the end scene where he basically puts the dress on her, you know, the, the, her, 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 the mannequin with her hair. And he's basically, he's got the ring. He's going to propose to her, do all this wonderful, like, oh, you're the only mannequin for me. As but then he's what dying. Happened? As he's exactly. dying. Exactly as he's dying, and and what what happens to him? All of a sudden, the the other mannequins, the other victims, the side chicks, the the side mannequins come in. 
Exactly. They all come in and they're not happy. Don't listen to them. I don't know them. Exactly. It was, it it was just this interesting moment that, that differed from the other movie and that even though both of them kind of die by their own hands, they left it up to that idea that in his mind, there's something more going on, you know, that, that the mannequins are basically getting back at him or they're seeking revenge for what they did. And especially with Anna, because, you know, in the first movie, like you said, Anna isn't killed. She basically gets away. This one, she doesn't, you know, so that definitely um, sh- shook things up. And I think this particular version of Maniac did a much better job of making the character a little more believable, a little more relatable. I mean, because he was certainly a much more sympathetic individual. I mean, Joe Spinell did a great job in the first movie, but his character was a creep, you know, and yeah. The whole background of this movie, at least we have a better understanding, but I never took it as his mother doing it, like having all these, you know, display this, doing the hooker stuff in front of him. I just kind of took it as this kid who was curious about what his mother was doing, that there was already problems there and her lifestyle didn't make it any better. Yeah, you know, you're right. That could be um, the idea. He, she wasn't shoving in his face, you know, and, but maybe it was just that circumstance of hey mom what are you doing mom 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 what are you doing you know because he's a little boy and mom's like he's being needy and he wants his mom but mom's on coke and getting laid and making money exactly exactly it's like why can't he be what you know why can't he be a good son like the one in pieces (laughs) (laughs) just stay in the closet no i don't want to go in there yeah who the hell wants to be in the closet i don't you know yeah exactly yeah definitely don't want him coming out of the closet that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) i love pieces Uh, by the way i love pieces you know what one of these days we'll have to talk about pieces because that's definitely a movie that is worthy of discussion because i know it's one of your favorite movies It's one of my favorites out of all these yeah it's to me it's it's like it's a beautiful movie even though it's not i can't even explain it and i i can't even tell you why you know what that is a very interesting um this topic of discussion we're definitely going to go into, and you know we'll definitely address that. With that being said, is there anything else you want to say about either uh, versions of Maniac? No, but Mother, and don't listen to them. They're lying. That's right. It, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that will conclude this episode of the Midnight Manor podcast. You can reach out to the Lost Man and Lady Winters on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, when you hear that howl in the night, it may be coming from the Midnight Manor. Keep it frightful, my fiends. Bye.